Hey there, my cosmically fabulous Wanderer, my sweet member of this shiny happy cohort here on the Wanderer's Guide to Cosmic Fabulosity. Today's snack-sized portion is for all of us out there in the world who are not neurotypical. So if you have some anxiety combined with ADHD, well, let's look briefly at how to manage our inner critic because we don't want that shit jacking us up now, do we? I hope you'll stay with me. Align with your best self. Explore the quality of your being. Step into your capacity to thrive. Broadcasting from the northwest coast of Scotland, this is the Wanderer's Guide to Cosmic Fabulosity with D.W. Long. Okay, okay, okay. Now sit with me for a moment here. Think about what happens when you have things in the outside world trigger you in a negative way. What happens for you or not so for you? We know that those experiences cannot be very positive. So why, why, oh why, my sweet puddin' pop, why would we ever entertain the power and force of an inner critic? <laughs> Especially if we know we can develop a skill set to not only observe the inner critic, but silence the inner critic. Okay, so I'm going to share something with you. I think I've shared this with you before. My inner critic's name is Reggie. Poor Reggie tries to help me, right? I think he does. He's part of the ego. You know, and we've talked about that before. Not so helpful. Tends to face plant a lot. And if I listen to Reggie, I end up face planting myself. So inner critic Reggie gets a little checking here and there. And so let's talk a little bit about what we are seeing about managing our inner critic. If you think about external triggers and how they can fire up our defense system, meaning our fight, flight, or freeze will get activated. Okay, we have no power over what happens externally to us. The inner critic, however, we can say, shh, we don't need you in this moment, and you are only going to make things worse, and I certainly don't want to be in fight or flight right now, much less freeze, because I'm about to record a podcast, or stand up and give a presentation, or create a TikTok video, or whatever it is you're about to do. So let's say our inner critic brings up shame around something that we've done that we judge in such a way that we don't feel so good about. Well, the same sort of things happen with something coming at you like a bear on a path. Our adrenals fire, we get a similar cortisol elevation, and that is fine for a moment. But if we're doing that all the time to ourselves, we've talked about this before, my sweet one, we don't want to do that because it causes harm to our bodies. So, if you've got some anxiety, like me, or you fall somewhere in that ADHD spectrum, like me, well, then we have a severely overworked inner critic, often, right? They can often have sort of Olympic-level status. Because they think they're helping us, but we know better now, don't we? Because we're listening to Dan here. So, just because we have specialized in self-criticism does not mean that we need to take that to an even higher level of practice or development. We can actually now together, after listening to this podcast, you should be able to take some of this information and run with it, pull that inner critic back. Now, a little side note for those of you who are sitting here and you're fully resonating with what I'm saying, right? And you might have even had an ADHD diagnosis or some anxiety diagnoses, right? 
let's think about something that can also happen for a moment that occurs with many of us. There's something called rejection-sensitive dysphoria, and it's this perception that we have that that's begins in our early development how we develop this right um, this perception that we are being rejected or criticized in an extreme way and it can cause huge amounts of emotional pain now if you don't have this rejection sensitive dysphoria you might think that those of us who do have it are overreacting emotionally um, and that is not actually what's happening it is an, a mechanism that's happening in the brain having to do specifically with synaptic connections and the way our brain has been wired and this painful experience is for real just like somebody coming up and taking a baseball bat to your knees projection sensitive dysphoria or rsd as it's known is awful so the inner critic can play a huge role in how we can manage our rejection sensitive dysphoria as well so here we are i'm a mindfulness guy and you guys know i'm gonna talk a little bit about that right now now we understand mindfulness to be something having to do with i'll ask people and they'll say being present and i'll say yes that's an element of that it is also the development of a skill, right, when we usually begin with some kind of mindful breathing practice in order to attune our frontal cortex to focus on or just attend to something specific like the breath. Well, mindfulness, if we develop the skill, we can achieve a state where the stream of information coming in, the thoughts that we uh, notice, even the intrusive ones, and probably most importantly the intrusive ones, we note those thoughts, we notice them with a kind of gentle observation. We look at them with curiosity, yes? And a way to learn to manage this or to develop the skill around this is meditation. And yes, I'm fully going to suggest to you that you need to develop a meditation practice. Now, meditation practices can look like anything from walking and being silent and noticing nature to sitting down and doing mantras or simply doing mindful breathing, which is where I usually begin with people. So a mindfulness-focused meditation does not have to be all about being still and trying to hold yourself in this space of I have to be quiet and track my thoughts. And if you can just hear my voice right now, that sounds incredibly stressful. To me, it sounds very stressful. So mindfulness and, and the approach to mindfulness can be tailor-made to yourself once you have some basic principles. And mindfulness can help us begin to have a higher awareness or like a meta-awareness when it comes to tracking our inner critic. So I'm looking at you. Reggie. If we feel like we have this endless amount of chatter going on in our brain, and let's say we're doing some therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, and we're looking at our thoughts through a really specific lens, and then we add in mindfulness, yes, mindfulness then, for me anyway, and the clients I've worked with report this as well, brings a kind of freedom to that exploration because we're practicing non-judgment with mindfulness. We are attending to rather than focusing on, which can be a little overthinky. And if the inner critic is giving us a whole lot of BS chatter like, oh, you never do anything right, or oh, you're going to screw that up again because of fill-in-the-blank reason, or why bother because sitting around and meditating, you already know that's boring, yada yada. A mindfulness-centered approach can give us the spaciousness to begin with some more positive self-talk. 
we can observe these thoughts with gentle curiosity, and then we can say, hang on a minute. I can actually, and then you fill in the blanks after that with things that have a little bit of, of a more warm, fuzzy feel to it. Now, that might sound a bit flippant to you, but warm and fuzzy feels good to me. And when I have positive self-talk and I get the warm fuzzies like, wow, look at me, Reggie's sitting in the corner and being quiet. And I am loving on myself in such a beautiful way that I'm not prone to do. That feels warm and fuzzy. So find your own language for this kind of thing and see what happens for you. And if we have the attention deficit and we have the anxiety going, why wouldn't we, in this moment, listening to me right now, establish some sort of practice that might give us a better view, a better way to observe the things that are going on with us with an open curiosity, a very loving presence, that in itself could help us pull back the reins on that bucking bronco of anxiety. Yeah, not that you put reins on a bucking bronco. Maybe it's a horse rearing up. Yes, that's more what I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, so we can hold the reins. We can tug the reins back a little bit, lean back in the saddle, so to speak. And everything underneath us that has to do with anxiety and ADHD can begin to calm in a way. Because we're bringing a new awareness. And if this is new to you, the brain loves novelty. So for those of you who are sitting with me for the first time or have never heard about anything that I'm talking about right now, you have a supremely fabulous opportunity in this moment to get a handle on the things that might be troubling you if you're looking at the things we're talking about in this podcast today. So if you have questions about your own anxiety and attention deficit, and you think, I think I need to get an even deeper handle on this, well, of course you're going to go and see a therapist, yes, and have them diagnose that for you. Um, in the meantime, you can take on what I'm talking about here. You can just watch a YouTube video about mindful breath and try that on for size, yes? You can watch 100 YouTube videos and really get immersed in it. Read about it. Look at the work of John Kabat-Zinn. Take this to the next level. And if you're not sure which way to go, I've said this in other podcasts, look up someone who teaches perhaps mindfulness-based stress reduction and go and take the eight-week class, yeah? You will be leaps and bounds from where you are right now just by that one experience. So here's the thing I'm going to want to leave you with here in a moment. We are looking at the management of our inner critic by observing that inner critic in a way. We are looking at how ADHD and anxiety can intermingle and impact us in a negative way. And those of us who suffer want to have a different way to move down our path. Okay, so and I'm suggesting that mindfulness can help you with that. Yes, combined with other things as well. Like I said, get a therapist if you really think you need some help here. What is all of this leading to? Well, if you have been listening to this podcast for any length of time, we are talking about thriving. Yes, and well-being. And I have heard it said that well-being, listen to this now, well-being is a learnable skill. Isn't that interesting? We think of well-being, at least I did for the longest time, well-being is happenstance because of all these other things that happen to me or what I do on the outside, whereas well-being and what I contribute to well-being is a learnable skill. So, my shiny, happy, cosmically fabulous wanderer, think about what we've said today when it comes to ADHD and anxiety, the inner critic. Can we begin to just simply observe that inner critic? And if we need a hand with that, go and get a hand. There are lots of us loving therapists out there who suffer with some of the things we're talking about here, who want to help others suffer less and maybe even somewhat 
end the suffering. Those of us with anxiety may always have anxiety, but anxiety does not have to be the underpinning of our experience. And here we are at the end of a snack-sized portion. I hope you had a nice munch on that. And if you have any questions for me, you know where to go. You'll hear it from the dude with a fabulous Scottish accent at the end. And you know how we end this. I'm wishing you huge amounts of love. I hope your life is luminous. Until next time. You've been listening to The Wanderer's Guide to Cosmic Fabulosity with D.W. Long. If, like me, you're enjoying what D.W. has to say, go ahead and hit the subscribe button to keep up with future content. I would absolutely love it if you click a star rating or leave a review. That way, I can know that the content I bring here is useful to you. Want to ask a question for a future episode? Click on the link in the show notes to send your question along via DW's website at www.mcscoach.com.